0: Education is the key to success. Go to school, get a job, and live a good life. That is the African dream. And Jay, is it just me or someone lied to the masses? People are on these streets carrying their entire alphabet of degrees, and yet they are living hand to mouth. No one is questioning what are we learning? Why are we learning it? What is education? and what is success let's not forget there's also a growing number of people with special and varying needs who do not even have access to basic education i have to ask is education in africa broken my name is tabo to the 3rd join me every week as i sit down with experts educators parents and students to talk about the state of education on the african continent it's a lot. Welcome to the Educated Africana. Today, I have two wonderful women, and we're going to talk about a very important issue the parent's role in education. What is your role, parent? What are you meant to be doing? This is what we're going to be tackling today. I have with me Miss C and Miss Zangi. Welcome, ladies. If you don't mind to just give a little introduction. Who are you? What do you do? How does education affect you? Or What is your role in education? Miss C, can we start with you?
1: Hello, everybody, and um, thank you for having me here. Wow, my role in education—where do I start? Um, I guess I was just happy to see, for me, a child to be educated. You know, when they come in raw, and then at the end of the day, they go away with you know, can you can't really believe that this was the same child that walked into the class when they were this age, and you know, by the time you're seeing them through. They are mature little people with ideas and thoughts of their own. That, for me, is important.
0: I like that. From rawness to just mm-hmm. development, that is not really like. What can I say? You can't really guess. You can't really tell until you see them unfolding.
1: Exactly. It takes yes. different. You know, it's different strides for different people. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that, Ms. Zangi. Who are you? How does education affect you? What is your role in this education system?
2: Hi, everyone, and thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, so basically, I'm an instructor and so of education, uh, though I also instruct in other ways. So basically, for me education uh is very integral like in my life it, pay, it plays a very a very big role in every sense and i feel like it allows me to just uh tap into different potentials you know especially of young people and that's uh such a big thing just to be able to be uh of service and to be part of uh you know young people just uh rediscovering themselves and and well just learning about so many things um, also, just bearing in mind that education is just like a continuous, uh, you know, kind of stride, you know, just like Missy said. So it's not really about the classroom setup only, but the fact that you get to uh, interact with these young minds uh, on different levels. I think that's really purposeful for me. So thank you for having me.
0: Yo, a mouthful, right? Like the way you are, like the both of you the way that you are talking and just expressing your role in education, for me it tells me that these are people who are actively active in this education um system forum, whatever you'd like to call it. So today we are tackling the issue of parents. So in education we have what we call a uh, What I'd like to say, learning community and parents are a huge part of that. When I say learning community, I'm referring to the student, the school, which involves the teachers and all supporting staff, and the parents. Now, Missy, what is the parent's role in education?
1: For me... Um, The parents are supposed to be partners with the school in monitoring their children's progress. Fine, us, the educators, are responsible for imparting whatever we think, you know, the curriculum and whatever programs we have for them. But as a parent, um, their role is to monitor, you know, what is going on. You can actually tell a child's progress from home by the way they come back and they behave. Have a look at that, keep a, a tab on that and see whether their children are actually making progress to make a bit of a follow-up. I know if not everybody can come into school or we wouldn't even like everybody to come into school every day to say, how is our child doing? But at least to be responsible enough to come in on the times when they invited, you know, to the school to come and have a chat about their child they should come not send anybody else they should make that a priority and basically come and see what's happening to their children yeah so for me that is the role of the parents you have to monitor you can't just depend and absolutely give hundred percent to the teachers you have to also see what is going on and there's also your part of the home you know basics that go with the formal teachings.
0: I hear you and I totally agree with you. Um, what I picked up there was, you know, the importance of the relationship that needs to exist of parents taking part in their their, their children's um, education, being active and just keeping track of it, like monitoring, keeping track of what's happening, how they're doing, how they can support them. Ms. Zangi, Um, let's take it a bit home and like bring it a bit home and look into, um, Africa because this is the educated Africana. Okay. So let's put things in context. How, or rather, let me say, do parents take part in their, um, students or their children's education? Like, is this a reality in African education systems, Ms. Zangi.
2: Okay, um, well, that's a very, very difficult question to um, to answer because I don't speak for everyone. Um, but like from my experience, what I can say is that uh, the majority, like a good number of parents, do not actively participate in the, you know, in their education of of their children, which is. It's quite unfortunate, Um, obviously, I hope that this can change, you know, uh, with time, you know, just moving forward. I feel like parents need to really get involved. And I also think uh, one reason for for this notion and this practice really is is based on the fact that um, parents like to separate the home and the school. Now, we're not talking about school, you know, to be specific. We're talking about education, which is bigger um, than a school setup. And so it's it's unfair, you know, to just um, like divide the two uh, and say this is education for home, and this is education uh, for like at school. Because what tends to happen is uh, that parents will will even innocently tell a teacher that they can do certain things, um, and that the teacher should, you know, uh, do these things for their child, which shouldn't be the case. Because at the end of the day, no matter how people try to run away from it, as a parent, you are a first teacher to your child. And so of course you might not be teaching them academics, but think of it this way. You're teaching them habits, you're teaching them manners, um, and you're also being a role model so that when they enter uh you know an institution and, and get to meet so many other people, some of these other things are like basic uh, you know things that they've already witnessed at home and that are ongoing at home. And so um, it's really difficult, uh, like in the African setup, in the Zambian setup, to be specific, uh, to see that parents are going to shy away from getting involved in the education sector because they feel the teacher has gone to school, you know, has undergone training uh, for that particular role. And I think they miss out uh, the chance and the opportunity to just give a holistic, um, you know, environment and a holistic um, experience for their children so yeah as of now no it's it's not I do commend those parents who are taking part in their children's education and really I hope that we can uh, just foster more of that going forward.
0: Right you just tapped on what I had as um, one of my questions to say is learning and teaching Supposed to always be formal, and I think you answered to say, like, um, you know, it happens uh unconsciously many times. Children are always learning, they are picking up, and teaching is always happening, like you said, like their skills, their manners, uh, morals that are being taught even at home. But are our parents aware of that? Or are they aware and they don't want to um, take up the responsibility? Is there a barrier that maybe people are not uh, speaking about openly to say, this is why parents are not able to, um, you know, take part as much as they can, or all parents are not able to take part as much as they can or as much as they should um, in their children's education looking at maybe if we look at education for now I know education is quite broad but if we look at education just as like the formal part of it children going to school going into universities now with that said Miss C how do we then explain this to parents like what do you say to a parent who is working nine to five who comes home and they're tired, who has probably a nanny. And this is the reality in Zambia right now. Uh, most parents, um, they work nine to five, the kids go to school, they come back, they find the nanny, the food, the clothing, the bathing, all of those are taken care of, but now uh, the education part of it, maybe the homework, the let's read together, that sort of thing. How do we empower parents to become part of that when they also have to be working long hours, if I can put it that way? What strategies can we put in place?
1: Okay. Um, firstly, let me just say, I, I when I speak about education, I have basically been more in the private sector. So I'm not even going to like pretend I know a lot about, you know, other side, but I will speak from my experience, I'm now retired, but this is what I used to actually um, come across. First of all, let me just talk about the, the different kinds of parents that we actually have. You know, Some will bring a child to a school because they have heard that the school is good. All right, not that they came and asked you whether the curriculum and everything that you're doing is good, but they will bring you there because they decided if I take my child to this school, My child will be fine, will be okay. And, you know, they don't really have a part in it as long as they pay the fees and they send the child over. Okay. So this child at the end of the day, they expect him to come out cut blood. All right. Then we have the other type of parents who send their children there for babysitting. You know, they've got this busy life that you just explained, and everything is. if, you know, if their children are picked up on time and everything, normally they're the ones that are not even picked up on time, you know, if you get the late speakers, um, as I said, I'm speaking from a private point of view. So we get those that expect you to babysit. And then we get those that are completely ignorant. All right. Not of their own fault. They are genuinely just ignorant, but because they didn't have it, if they put their kids through this, then they will have a better chance. They don't have that background of where they had their parents are responsible. their parents, you know, they said to school, go on, come back and you're supposed to come and pass. So we got this three what I add the way I see, just three categories. okay? Now, um, what are they supposed So we would have situations where we had parents consultations and you come and tell them, oh little Johnny, you know is not exactly doing well. So the, the, the parent will turn back and say, what are you doing about it so excuse me what am i doing about it i said no 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 i think we have this all a little bit confused all right i am doing something about it by coming and approaching you and telling you that this is the problem that we have can you is there something you need to tell me because a lot of things stem from a lot of you know so it's it's of shocks them when you talk like that because they expected it was one your duty All right. The school is a carte blanche and all of everything. Okay, so the type of education I come from, we used to actually follow up with the parents a lot and try and edu. It was more educating the parents a lot because we expected them to check the homework. And a lot would come and complain and say, I don't have time to do that because they are busy people and they needed to have their social life to unwind after work and everything. But for me, the way I see things is. The children, we bore them because we wanted them, all right? They are our responsibility. So you have to find time to make time for your children. They are yours. And you can't come and say, I have a busy life. It's the life you have chosen. You know, when you, you, you went ahead and you had the child, that is the life you chose. So you have to find a, a way of fitting your children into your programs. All right. And it's not even that you have to sit there all the time. Sometimes you can keep up with what's going on with your child just by talking to your child. When you ask little Johnny and say, oh, how was school today? All right. Nothing. You know, another kid will come and tell oh, today we did maths and everything, you know, and we did this and that and so and so. Another one will come and have a totally different reaction. But from those reactions, you can actually tell that, you know, what the progress is. For somebody who is excited and talking about their, you know, teacher that they just absolutely love, you know, that things must be going well. This child is having, you know, is comfortable being at school and there must be some progress because if this child will just, to them, the teacher is the bomb. And obviously they will want to please the teacher and do everything that the teacher is telling them to do, you know. So you when you talk to your children as well, you can actually tell what progress or where they're at. If this child is not interested at all, then there is a problem. So the parent must pick up on those signs and try and, you know, then go back to the school. You have to be able to not even to do their homework, but just to talk to them, talk to your children and you will hear you and listen to the underlying nuances. Those are the things that you should be able to pick up as a parent. No matter how busy you are, you did choose your life.
0: And it's so true. Conversations meaningful conversations can really um bring out quite a bit thank you for that thank you for that i hope our listeners are going to take some notes about that as and when they come up because i'm busy scribbling here conversations right i am a mom as well newly mom of a student who just started school and very small school my son is still in nursery And I think as a mom and also as a teacher, it it is quite a bit to juggle, but it's a matter of what you place as a priority. Like how much do you want to be involved, what you wish for your child to have from education and just generally how much you value education, what you think it can or cannot do for your child. And I think uh, uh, Zangi, you you spoke some uh, about something uh, that really I was like hmm okay now what I want to know is I don't know what sector you are I'm speaking from teaching small kids Zangi I don't know the 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 level of children that you or the the level of students that you you are interacting with now what kind of advice or tools can you give? the parents to those students because I think Missy and I taught kind of the little johnnies right I have my little johnnies and the 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 primary and the 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 upper primary kind of children now Miss Zangi where are you you said you're a trainer where are you with like your advice to parents of students that you teach you you facilitate what are they meant to do how what are the tools that they can use like any suggestion that you have for that
2: okay uh well firstly um uh, the kind of learners that i interact with uh you know those from grades 8 to 12 and slightly you know above that because i i also do tutor uh like cambridge students and that's totally different from um like our uh, original like government syllabus and whatnot but I think just to 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 add on to what you both have have already alluded to, one important thing for parents, you know, to just get on and practice is to take interest in their learner's work. You know, there's nothing more fulfilling than seeing uh, your caregiver just be interested in what you're doing and actually just take interest. And that interest doesn't have to be like a specialized one, you know, like you don't have to be an expert, but just like Miss Natalie did uh, mention, she said like, just talk to them, just ask, you know, just justice questions, how was school and things like that. I think that cannot be, you know, overemphasized because it's such an important, uh, you know, part of the child's progress in education uh, that really boosts um, their confidence, you know, and just how they show up in school. so that would be my first, uh, you know, advice to parents. And then the other thing that you, you both can agree with me is like patience, you know, um, like in, in the different scenario, Miss Natalie talked about how parents expect, uh, you know, like the educator to be the disciplinarian. And I think that's really going, you know, over what we're supposed to do, because there are certain types of disciplines, uh, that you can't, you know, um, instill or enforce like on a child, because this is not your child. And this is where the parent comes in, because I mean, this is your child and you have to know, uh, you know, what what responses your child, you know, takes and, and what feedback they might need uh, to react better, or, you know, just improve on certain behaviors. So I think just having patience and knowing their children enough to know um, how to encourage them and how to just bring out the best. And then that partnered with the educator. I mean, that's just amazing because you have like a balanced, uh, you know, a group of people who are patient with your learning uh, and just looking forward to seeing the best of you, uh, you know, come out. So that's really important as well. And then also just to have the direct communication with children, um, it's one thing to have conversations uh, with educators about children's progress, but it's another thing to also just have that communication, a direct one-on-one communication with your child or children, and you know just find out what's going on. Um, obviously, uh, because we're different people, parents also have you know their own uh, methods of doing certain things. Uh, But I feel like uh, one benchmark is that knowing yourself and how to get through to the other person, in this case, being the child, is very important. Uh, You know, if you've had a long day, for instance, or like a very frustrating day, I don't think that's a perfect day to have a conversation about why your child is failing at school, because you might take out your frustration on them. So you probably need to pick a, you know, a day when you're calm, you've really thought of things and you're able to have this person listen and also listen to your child so that you understand what's going on. I think that's very important. Other than that, you know, I think the same remains. Um, a lot of encouragement, you know, just be kind, uh, that interest, obviously. I think that's uh, what I would advise parents uh, to do for their children uh, because, um, it just goes without saying just how far and how how much impactful such conversation such encouragement goes for a child could i just um interject here there's
1: one other thing that i i forgot that was a real real problem it's um you know that parents should so like be mindful of it's bad mouthing their teachers in front of their children you know that that completely breaks the whole relationship. The teachers, um, the the, the parents' role is to put the teachers on a pedestal. Whether they don't agree or whether they're annoyed or something, they can have that conversation with the teacher afterwards. But they have to show this united front between the parent and the teacher for the sake of their children. So as the children do not go in the class one feeling intimidated, anything could have happened, or feeling like they are the little bosses and the teacher is a know nothing, because both those situations are going to create problems that are going to, you know, interfere with the child's learning, basically. It is important that the parents do not ever, ever bad mouth you know, their teachers in front of their children, because that just upsets the whole dynamics of the working relationship for the children with their teachers, which is sad because you could get a very good teacher, but because the parent at home is busy insulting and, you know, saying all the negative things about this teacher for their own personal reasons, then it just kills it completely. So that, I think, is something that parents should be made aware of. And these little ears just sit there quietly in the back, you know, listening and, you know, is dropping, but they come and act all out when they come to school. So that for me, I just thought I needed to mention that.
0: No, thank you. We need that rawness. We need that rawness. We need the honesty. Parents need to be careful with the things that they say. And you know what? It's like a marriage. If you're going to badmouth the other partner, so often the respect will continuously decrease from the children because, you know, it becomes a power struggle. I totally 100% agree with you. I have experienced it in my classroom, present classroom and previous classrooms where, you know, you can see something was said at home, you know, you can see, you can tell, and even the shift, you can tell that something was said at home. Now let's go on the flip side. We have what I like to call or what many teachers like to call the helicopter parents. You know we have we, we've been stretching out the uh, never mind no, doesn't take a lot of interest. We have the over interested parents. How do we deal with those? What do we say? How do, I just saw Missy's face is like, "Oh my gosh." Yes. We have those type of parents who obsess over their children's every move, every shake. Missy, <laughs> I'm jumping to you because I can see you have something to
1: share there. Oh, oh yes, those are. I've had, I've had so many of those. You know, it's, as I said, I've, I've been in the private sector all the time, and everybody. Initially, you know, they're, they're the parents that come most humblest and they really beg to get their see themselves into the hole. You know, once you let them in, oh my goodness, they become horrors. You know, parents from suddenly they know everything, they are right, they want their children to do everything. And it's like, hello, a month ago. You were telling me how brilliant, you know, how you, you needed your child to be in the school because we were doing everything right. So what's gone wrong? How will we change, you know, positions? And you have become the master, you know? Oh, I don't know. And this happens more, I think, in the private sector as opposed to the government schools, you know, because people come there with their educated heirs, as I would like to put it. And they want to come and suddenly lord it onto you that this is what they are. I said, yeah, but you brought a child to me to educate. Here's a syllabus and we're going to follow what they is, you know. So oh, that's that's a, a big, big flow, you know, for the parents. And it, it's terrible because it's a sort of thing that um, absolutely makes it so uncomfortable for the teachers and unpleasant. And as a result, you may find that teachers may leave because of parents with such attitudes. And again, you lose out, you know, but if you were that educated and had so much time, then why didn't you teach your child at home? You know, I would like to say there's homeschooling, go and teach them at home. If we are not doing, I mean, there's all of that, but you know, available to people. But there are just some people who come and make the whole learning experience unpleasant for the whole class, because they, they think they know it all. And it's just um, not fair because it, it derails the teacher completely, you know? And what we want is happy teachers, a teacher that is coming in to, you know, happy to come to school and excited because it's fun to be with the children, not because, oh dear, when, when is that parent going to pop their head through the door, you know? so I don't know it's 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 a tricky situation but I used to be really strict on that I I was hated for that because I did not miss my words you know the responses to the teachers that were like I mean to the parents that were like that yeah so I don't know how you how you deal with that but I just told
2: them
0: (laughs) I think woo that one really struck struck the chord um (laughs) For me, it's, I try to always remind myself of something that I use in, you know, it's like a little mantra. I repeat it to myself as well, Uh, especially during tough times, but it also helps me with this to say, tell your own story because everyone with their words and their actions are always telling their own story, you know? Uh, the fact that there's there's a helicopter mom who comes and hovers over their child and wants to know this and wants to know that, many times you realize that there are some insecurities, um, there are some obsessions, like proper obsessions, like OCD issues um, from the mom that are now just transferred to the child and, you know, it looks like dedication. But it can be overbearing. So just understanding that a lot of the attack that may come your way, it's not really about you and what you're doing. It's about the person and what they want to seem like to the world or to whoever it is that they think is watching. Oh, I'm so dedicated to my child's work. Or I know what they're doing. I never miss a beat. I never miss a due date. I never do this. So, should they mess up, it becomes the next person's issue. And you know something about that just always draws me back to like uh, a different generation. I think I can say uh, I'm I'm quite young, but I think my mom's generation, where when a child messed up in school, it was the teacher and the parent against their child to say. Oh, your teacher did this. Firstly, tell me, what did you do for your teacher to do that? What did you do to miss that test? What did you do to get a zero out of 100? And today the tables have totally flipped. There is no accountability for students uh, about their actions, about their choices. You know, it's all like you said, what is the teacher doing? I know my child. I and even the things that you say, hey, this is what I've picked up about little Johnny. Sometimes even the honesty is not there. They know their child is like this at home, but how dare they even think to tell you that? Like, who are you? You're not gonna come and call you, call them out. And I think that's the issue when we are in today's education systems with the social media and everything else that is an influence to parents and today's parents. I mean, parents today are my age mates, you know, with everything that we take in from the media and feeling that we need to speak up for ourselves. I'm going to speak up for my child and anyone who misses my child. I'm going to walk up to the school. I'm going to tell the teacher, you know, go here and there and then all that sort of like, before there is proper like introspection, proper conversations with your child and a, like a real relationship that is gonna be modeled between the teacher and and the parents to say, hey, little Johnny, come, let's all three sit down. We want to understand what is happening. You know, it's like, who um, I'm going on and on, but it's like when <laughs> in the past we removed Corporal punishment, but then we gave no repercussions and we just took it to the other side, you know, like that. we we didn't come to the middle, you know, of, okay, let's remove the corporal punishment, but still there needs to be accountability. As a student, as a child, you still need to come back to the drawing table and say, what was my part in this situation? You can jump in. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so let me jump in there. So from my experience, my personal experience, it was a private school, an international private school. So we had um, parents of all ethnicity. All right. My worst culprits were the Caucasians, the Asians. Because um, with the Caucasians, they expected, I don't know why, when they came into the country, they get the, you know, they were given this idea that to be Caucasian in Zambia is something really great. We are, we worship them and we feel privileged. I was told that they were actually even interacting with us. Okay. So their children needed special attention. It's like, really? Okay. The Asians also have this mindset that they children they are above us in um, intelligence. Okay, so the parents would not accept that their children would come below a certain, you know, standard or well, not even standard, because at some point we used to like um, grade the children and place them and place them. All right, so I used to have. You know, we, we, we children develop at different rates, OK? I mean, you cannot stop them. Some will get it straight away because their parents are so into their lives or whatever, or they're genuinely just intelligent. Others will, as they gradually you know go through the process, they have these aha moments. And then they suddenly just start performing, and you can't stop them. So now you have this class where little A has been coming first all the time. And then suddenly B has an aha moment and catapults and is now the bright spark. I've had parents of A's come and say, this is not right. What's happened? A is no longer first. I said, yes, because I can't stop B from progressing. B has suddenly, you know, got it. And B is actually more intelligent than A, who you push every day, you know? And there was get all flustered and the school is no longer good. I said, no, the school is good. Is it that B has caught up and is showing their true potential, all right? So that was the Asians, that was a major problem. And then we had the Africans, all right? My natives who would come in. It's the ones that either had a lot of money and high positions, but they were okay when they brought the children in. Do you know when the problem started? when things were not going quite right suddenly it was every excuse to come and complain because you know you sort of like see this over the years when their money situations start getting disturbed then they start paying attention and it's like what are you doing like you know it's like you know what? if you want to put your child out and you're having issues it's okay to go without all these drama situations you know it, it's okay to say I can't afford to pay for this child anymore so I can pull out, but it's always, and, you know, it made it so uncomfortable because even as the parents would come in, you could see the children's faces, you know, like they see their parent coming and walking down the corridor like, oh, Lord, you know, what's going to happen now? Desk would come up and this child is literally behind the desk like, you know, what's my parent going to say today? But it's it's sad. But you know that's what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, I just want to point out a little uh, 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 note from Ms. Zangi. Um, we can't get the audio, but she was able to type in something. She said she was just adding on to what we're saying about uh you know how parents have now you know just automatically run to the child's defense before hearing anything and what she said was that like you know it's not helping um foster healthy development and that is so true you know at the end of the day one thing i know for sure as teachers and hey you know people don't believe you and i say this sometimes we do not do this for money like trust (laughs) We don't do it for the money. So one thing you need to know about teachers is that there is a passion, whether the passion grows as time goes on or it dies. But the initial reason that a person will become a teacher is because of the passion that they have for the people that they will be teaching to instill knowledge, to instill skills, to instill information and just the survival kit to life. There is a passion. And so as teachers coming in, dear parents, what we care about, number one, is that lovely little journey of yours. And I think we just need to put it out there To all the parents that are listening that the number one reason why teachers or whichever teacher is still a teacher today is because of the kids. It is because of the students. And when that love dies and it's not worth sitting through the helicopter mom, the helicopter dad, or the helicopter, whoever, or it's not worth sitting through the neglective mom or dad or aunt whoever it is teachers resign they're very happy to resign and they stop you know i've seen it happen you know brilliant teachers who just get to a point where they're like it's not worth it anymore so just a note for those of us who are still in it we still have that fire (laughs) and we still care about those students so dear parents especially my peer parents. Before we jump into conclusions about what the situation could be, let's have clear, full conversations, including the learner, before we draw anything and say, I'm done, you know, and I think that's where we can move forward. Let's take it back to the culture. Let's take it back to where it used to be without the physicalities of it, but Sitting down, talking, coming up with moving on uh, uh, strategies from here on, what do we do? Let's take it back to that. Me, if I have to talk about this, I will talk about it the whole night. I just want to take, uh, oh, Miss Natalie, before <laughs> I continue, yes. Um, can I just add on,
1: you know, parents' role, something so important. What people don't understand is it is so important that a parent does actually turn up for a meeting, you know, when called upon for a meeting consultation. I know some are like, oh, I can't stand that teacher. She's not gonna tell me anything that I don't know. Oh, it's always the same, you know, he's always at the bottom, I'm tired of hearing this. What you also have to understand is teachers are humans. Right, they see your little Johnny come, and it's just as much as you know that your Johnny's not making that much progress, so frustrated is the teacher as well. However, there is this magical thing that happens when a parent comes in, brings a little. Well, they don't even need to come with the child, but just says, "I'm Johnny's mom. How can you help? You know, can you help me, please? I don't know what to do." The heart melts because you realize that, gosh, it's that little irritating Johnny. But here's somebody that loves Johnny, you know, and it's their Johnny. It's a little precious thing to them. And then suddenly your mindset So like says, ah, okay. Oh, all right. She needs help. I will help, you know. So it it brings it all back into perspective as to why you started to teach, why little Johnny's there. And somebody loves Johnny. And Johnny's a little human being. So it's so important for us to, you know, to have to, to, to put Johnny as somebody's little loved one. It, it makes that much of a difference. And then you even start to fired up more to try and push little Johnny further and try and understand him. And if you come and tell us the truth about what's going on at home, it's easier to understand Johnny and know the limitations. But if Johnny is just an object that's dropped in and out of the classroom you know, comes in and out and I have no clue what the background is. It makes it a little bit harder for me to treat him as an individual that needs this instead of what all the others need. You know, he's special in his own way and I can give him just those five minutes of something different to make him feel special. So, But it only starts when you, the parent, come and are honest and humble, you know, about it and come and tell us that this is the problem that Johnny has. And, you know, if things haven't been going so well, he's even started bedwetting and, you know, oh, 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 oh! all right. I see, you know, and we can help and we can work together. That's why it's a partnership, not a, what are you doing about it? Pair. hello. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you so much for that. You know, it's so important what you said. If you care and you show the care, even I will care and I will go the extra mile. And we know, okay, in private sectors, we deal with about 25 children and less probably in classrooms. But in government schools, like be the one that goes and talks to the teacher. Because let me tell you something. The reality is teachers are faced with 50 children in the classroom. There's no teacher-student ratio considered. They don't get teacher assistance. And they all have to put in effort. The children have to gain information. They have different learning styles. It's a lot on teachers. So if there is any way that you can assist as a parent, especially with just saying, my little journey is like this. If you don't sing a song about it, he's not going to get it. Or if you don't take him outside and, you know, use some stones or seeds or whatever, he's not going to get it if he's not using his little hands to, you know, relate the concepts to play or something like that. And this is information that parents are not aware that they withhold, they have. So parents, you have so much. You may say one thing. You say, oh, he loves playing soccer. You don't know how many doors you have opened. You don't know how many opportunities you have opened. I can just bring a ball into the classroom and Johnny will be like, yeah, ball. And there we go. And that's what Miss Natalie, I think you were talking about that. You know, sometimes a child just pops out of nowhere. They were at the bottom. And because somehow they grew or they found something something to relate to, it all, it suddenly all makes sense to a point where they can surpass even the number one of the classroom. So let's just make it a point as parents to just involve ourselves. It doesn't have to be to an extent of being the helicopter parent, but let the teacher know your face at least, you know. These days we have WhatsApp groups for classes, be present, say hi sometimes. How's little Johnny doing? You know, we've had a hard weekend, grandfather passed away. Let us know, it affects them. You know, I'm just gonna pop into my our comments and uh, yeah, Miss Zang is just talking about something that I was about to jump on public schools. Public schools who is failing us because, in all honesty, not all. Pub- rather let me put it like this majority of public schools and i'm including also south africa here teachers are expected to be miracle workers um and like whose responsibility is it and i'm not painting all teachers as perfect beings we have teachers who slack i've seen it um but As to parents' roles, I mean, our topic today is just the parent role. Are parents in public schools as involved as parents in uh, private schools if we were to generalize? In my opinion, they are not. But what I'd like to discuss is why why are they not as involved as parents in private schools? I know parents in private schools that that used to say, I will pay your salary, which speaks to their money, you know, their money. So they are for the the, the public school. Uh, I mean, the private school. But then now parents in public schools who sometimes even get the education for free, um, why are they not as involved in their students their children's education um miss angie you can drop a comment i'll read it out loud miss natalie missy um what what's what's your take on that parents in government schools public schools um just
1: going out in olympia I think there's certain factors, well, why the parents are not involved, you don't invite them to be involved. No, they're not invited to be involved. They they don't have to sign the, I don't know if they, they're asked to sign the homework or every day, or if they're asked to read with their child every day, I, I think they're not invited enough. You know, if you were constantly saying, this has to be done, this has to be, this child must read from here to here and you must sign. You don't invite them to be involved daily because there are parents, you know, who cherish a good education, but it's just that it's the circumstances. So they understand what, you know, how important it is. If they were invited to do that, I think they would actually be a little bit more, you know, involved, is my opinion. If the teacher looks like, oh, you know, if the teacher looks like they are, looking out and want to really know what's happening to the children and get their parents involved just for their class. I think it would make a big difference. So for me, I just feel like they are not invited to, because as private schools, we do foster all of this onto them. It's like whether you like it or not. This child's homework wasn't marked, I'm not marking it as a teacher. You know, I wasn't signed, that sort of thing. So your your child gets upset. You don't have that, I don't think in the other schools and it's like there are too many children you know there's all those excuses but if you are passionate about it you can get to know what's going on somewhat somewhere. that's where the real challenge comes as a, an educator you know are you yeah, there for I them know. or for the passion
0: i i totally agree with you involving their parents there is no invitation i want to uh, close up our discussion just by throwing some um, some tools, some suggestions as to what schools can do and what parents can do. I'm gonna name but a few, and if I miss anything, ladies, please do add on and let's just share. Let's just you know maybe someone some 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 way will hear this and it's going to just change their narrative, especially. In the Africana community. Let's educate the Africana community. Um, Miss Natalie just was um just to go back to some of the points that we spoke about. Um she says it's possible that educators lack in extreme uh, English extrinsic. Ah, I hope that is correct. <laughs> Uh, motivation in that their environments are not very healthy. Mm. Teaching and learning materials may also be lacking and yet educators educators show up. Oh, so true. Improvise, they improvise because they are able to still serve. Understanding all these factors, including age, pupil, teacher ratios, could also for better part could all allow rather for better partnerships and communicative approaches to help the ultimate beneficiary of the education at these stages this is so true I've seen teachers in public schools struggling for you know pencils you know pencils in like not even display boards pencils you know um and they show up I've seen that. So calling out to our government, please, let's make sure our teachers are also well equipped. Um, the one thing also I just want to add there is that also our parents went probably went through the same public education. And it's likely that they also don't have the information. You're telling them to get involved with the children's schooling. How? What do you mean by that? And I'd like for us to just throw in some gems to say exactly what do we mean by that i think coming from again a private international school my relationship with parents like you said it starts with my conversation with a parent so making sure that we do talk to parents find out about the child as soon as it's 6 weeks into school we sit down with parents to say hi I've gotten to know your child. I don't know them just yet. What can you tell me? So I think if you are a teacher in a public school, if you are a teacher in any school and you're not doing this, just consider doing that. Just starting and inviting and saying, come, let's talk. Generally, who is your child? What do they like? What do they not like? And it's not even about school. Don't come and tell me they don't like math. Just tell me what do they like? playing video games, listening to music, just generally the child that uh, your your child is. And the other thing about um, homework accountability, Miss C, when she said it, I was like, yes, I also don't sign if it's not signed. <laughs> you know, just not just take the book and go read at home but if your mom or your dad or whoever the adult is at home doesn't sign to say they were they read with you or they listened to you reading or anything even i'm like no then it means you didn't do it so go home and do it then when you come back we gonna i could even read the same book with the child but until they go home and they read it with the parent i don't like take it back like Accountability. I think let's let's put that in place. Accountability from the teacher, from the parent, from the student. You know, when things happen, let the triangle continue. Let it not break anywhere. Um, I liked what uh, also was brought up to say. Let's invite parents. Let's say, please come, do this. There's an activity. We need parents who know how to do that, come to the school, know the school grounds, know the other parents, you know, let's do that. Uh, Let's open up the platform of this education, the African, Africana, the educated Africana, let's open it up and it's up to us. I'm an African, as a teacher, as a mom, I would like for my child's teacher to also give me opportunities to be part of his learning as much as I want to share what he's doing at home. So just the free flowing. Um, Ladies, if you can drop a gem of what could be done from either end, just to grow the relationship, just to make it better. And also if you have like something the government can do, because I know our government schools are suffering, you know, just, I don't know. I'm gonna hand over. Missy?
1: <laughs> I know a lot of people say, yeah, it's, it's easy for her to say because she wasn't in the, you know, government system and she's been in the private system. But having said that, my, um first teaching years were actually at a a government, a girls school, government girls school, uh, a secondary school in, um, on the Copper Belt. And I did that for, I think, like a year before I went and joined the private sector. But, um, you know, the classes were big as well, but it's, you, you, you just have to love what you're doing you know, in order for you to bring out the best from somebody. If you don't love it, it, it immediately translates to the people you're teaching. Do you know what I mean? If you have no interest, your thoughts are on, oh, Lord, you know, where am I going to get the next money from and everything? It's, you're just not going to get anywhere. You know, leave that outside the door. Go in, look at these minds and think, these are brilliant people. Who knows what they'll be further along the line? They may even employ me. So, hey, let's do this. Let's go. And then when the parents come, yeah, there's parents meeting and everything. Yeah, you always have those that come to suss you out, and you know you can you can actually tell the different things. Those that are basically, I tell this funny story. Well, I, I always think of this when I first joined the private sector. The first people to come and walk through my door were the black parents because they wanted to see who I was because they had not sent their children to be taught to a private school by blacks. So they needed to come and suss me out. Can you imagine? So just believe in the system. If those people employed me, then it means that I know what I'm doing. You know, it, it's it's funny, catch 22, but teachers, pupils trust each other. You know, parents, if you don't trust them, go and talk to them and tell, you know, have this conversation. It's all it is, we are partners. That's the important thing we are partners in educating your children. no matter what color it is, you know, we are partners and I'm there to bring out the best in your child and not the worst. So help me do that is all I'd say. So even in the, you know, as, as tough as it will be, I believe that in a class of 45, you'll at least get 10 that'll go away with something. So work hard for them.
2: In the Zambian context, Uh, I feel like the government could employ more teachers for starters, and then the second thing is uh, to minimize the nine to five strictness, which does not allow much productivity for the teacher in terms of preparation and feedback due to the pupil teacher ratios versus the time allocated. And then the third thing I state is institutions to prioritize partnerships with parents to encourage them to continue helping and nurturing the child, even at home. And then lastly, to improve attitudes around holistic education so that all areas of the human or the learner are prioritized in the learning process. Yeah.
1: Okay. Having said that, um, what I notice is that most government schools we do have the PTA, you know, um, associations, but I just feel like their concern is more about um, the ball hole, the this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. Maybe if they yeah. had more activities that would actually involve, you know, like them parents going off, going on a trip or something with the children, you know, getting to know each other. That more interaction oh, yeah. instead of just. How are we going to make bricks and that kind of thing? I mean, that can still be there, but they need to have more inter-pupil, teacher, parent activities as opposed to just yeah. this day and what normally goes on.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, I mean, like, there's so much emphasis on projects, uh, you yeah, know, rather than people, the project, like so. learners, Yeah.
0: Right. I hope you were able to hear and get some gems, my dear parents, as to what you can and shouldn't do, at least from a teacher's point of view. And I am hopeful that you learned something. I'm hopeful that you are going to um, instill some of these things. It was lovely having you ladies. Be part of the solution. Talking is not enough. We need action. So I am challenging you today. What are you going to do about what you just heard? Tell us all about it on social media. Tag at Africana Woman or hashtag Educated Africana. The Educated Africana is part of the Africana Women podcast network. Subscribe, review, and share this episode to help us keep the conversation going. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram at AfricanaWoman or hashtag EducatedAfricana. Catch you next week.